This podcast is made possible by Host Analytics and U.S. Bank. Hello, this is Jim Smith, CFO of Campus Apartments in Philadelphia, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 294. Somewhere along the line, would you be hiring a, uh, bringing a CFO into the organization? Uh, we don't have one right now, but um, I do imagine that you know sometime in the future we would. Um, and we don't really have a like a set timeline for it, but I think that uh, you know when that time comes, we'll 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 recognize it. I would say the trigger for saying okay, now we need a CFO is not really necessarily a revenue benchmark. From the Middle Market Executive Digital Network, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we talk to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. Hi, I'm Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we feature a number of CEOs who seem to be missing their CFOs. We'll go looking for them right after these words from our sponsor. It's no secret finance professionals are dealing with some pretty complex problems these days. Now more than ever, they need tools that can help them streamline complex workflows and focus on bigger strategic issues. By bringing your finance organization together on a single cloud platform, Host Analytics automates everyday processes that would otherwise slow you down. By streamlining your planning, modeling, consolidation, reporting, and analytics, Host helps you connect your organization so you can react more quickly to changing conditions and make better business decisions to optimize performance. Let Host Analytics be your partner in leading the evolution of your business. Yeah, so uh, Touch of Modern, we're a uh, men's e-commerce destination. We're focused on the discovery of uh, cool and unique products and things you can't find at normal retailers. It has to be anything from like a fine watch to you know, even a, a flamethrower you can strap to your wrist or uh, high-end home furnishings, anything really that's unique and interesting. Uh, we started in 2012, and around that time, there were a lot of e-commerce sites popping up they're more focused on liquidation of uh, last season's apparel, right? Uh, this is the you know the days of of guilt and and uh, all those guys. That is the voice of Jerry Hum, the CEO and co-founder of Touch of Modern, one of the most successful and popular men's e-commerce destinations in the U.S. today. Turn back the clock only five years. And the popular belief at the time was that men didn't shop and women actually controlled something like 85% of household spend. Jerry and his co-founders felt certain a destination for men could succeed. And how large is the firm today? Uh, Today we're uh, about 180 or so people. And we're doing over 100 million in uh, annual revenue. 
And is it still the original uh, owners, or have you gotten several rounds of funding, or how does it work? Yeah, we've gotten a few rounds of funding, but we're still the we're still the owners of the business. Um, uh, we we haven't raised a ton of funding to get to where we are. Actually, only seventeen million, and uh, um, in, in actually thirteen million in equity financing to date. Under Jerry's leadership, along with his three other co-founders, each of whom, by the way, is thirty years of age or younger. The company has grown to 180 full-time employees, and it's been experiencing an annual growth rate of 150% year-over-year, and they've done it all without a CFO. Um, do you have yeah. a CFO today? And, and if not, is that somewhere along the line, would you be hiring a, uh, bringing a CFO into the organization? Uh, we don't have one right now. But um, I do imagine that, you know, sometime in the future we would. Um, and we don't really have a, like a set timeline for it. But I think that, uh, you know, when that time comes, we'll, we'll, we'll recognize it. Is the addition of a CFO a discussion uh, perhaps that you've had with your, your co-founders in the past? We've had it before. Um, so I would say the trigger for saying, okay, now we need a CFO is not really necessarily a revenue benchmark as it is like, you know, more based on needs and maybe like an event that may trigger, like say, okay, we're going to prepare to IPO then then we, then we need a CFO or something like that. Right. So for us, it was, you know, there had been certain benchmarks that we reached and we needed to step up our financials uh, or, or kind of get them in better shape, but it wasn't, you know, it, the answer was never, okay, we need a CFO, right? It may be that, oh, we need to pass an audit, right? So we, we, can, we can do that with a controller, right? So there's, there's not necessarily, and, and some other companies, they say, okay, at that point, they, they, they'll just pay up for the CFO and, and, and take it from there. But I think that we're still not at a stage where that's an absolute necessity. Okay, please know that our intent here is not to unearth a set of criteria that can be used by companies to determine whether a CFO is a must-hire or not. But just as the question of whether it was time for Touch of Modern to hire a CFO has in the past been a topic of discussion for Jerry Hum and his co-founders, we thought you might find it interesting for us to ask the question. And so, Here's yet another CEO. And then in April of 2011, we did you know quite a large uh, investment round with Excel Partners. So they came in and, and we did a Series A investment of over 35 million, and 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 then proceeded to build out the business from there. So now we've got major operations in Oakland and California. Um, we continue to have uh, a very large team here and. Uh, Melbourne, where we still do all of our engineering and a lot of our product work, or most of our engineering and product work, and then we have another office in Berlin um, where we support um, our foreign language um, version. So we're now in eight languages. Um, we have a community of over a million designers. We've had customers from over 192 countries. Um, so yeah, it's been a really sort of fun journey. That's the voice of Patrick Llewellyn, CEO of 99designs, one of the world's largest online graphic design marketplaces with an annual uh, revenue run rate of about $60 million. 
uh, the company pays out roughly $3 million each month to its worldwide community of freelancers. It employs about 121 full-time employees at the moment, uh, but not a CFO. Let me ask you about your your sort of your C-suite colleagues here. I don't see a chief financial officer, which is kind of surprising, I think. And, and, and is, do you have one today, or what is your thinking around that role? Yeah, that's a good question. We've, I have had them in the past. Um, I have a financial controller today. Um, I think, you know, we're... We're at an interesting juncture. So, as you know, uh, you know that we started in Australia. Um, we've moved to the U.S. Um, and you know, one of the uh, one of our longer-term ambitions is to become a public company. And we're actually looking at the Australian stock exchange as a potential home for that. And so, I think over time, if if that becomes the reality that we pursue, then obviously we're going to need to have. Um, a greater depth of financial expertise and, and an understanding of the Australian marketplace versus, you know, for example, the, the, the U.S. market. And so I think, you know, right now um, our financial controller does a fantastic job. He's got a terrific team. Um, you know, we're, we're not doing anything too aggressive on a strategic front. So we, we don't have, you know, we're not actively looking for M&A targets. So we're not actively capital raising. You know, our focus is to, you know, continue to grow. Um, uh, you know, and, and we grow at a sort of like that, you know, at a reasonably conservative rate. You know, we're pushing hard to profitability, and so we'll be profitable this year. And I think that that's you know another milestone, especially for a business that's kind of been flirting with, you know, has some venture backing and has has had had its root fa roots firmly implanted in Silicon Valley. You know, that's a, a rarity, but we think it's it's super important for us, particularly if we think about the Australian market context. While Patrick's management team may not include a CFO at this place in time, the firm's IPO plans have clearly been given some thought by Patrick and his team. You're looking for an IPO on the Australian exchange. Did you, uh, mm -hmm. it, it, not necessarily the American market? What, yep. Yeah. yeah what, so the, that's interesting. Why? Why is that? Maybe there's uh, a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the reason for that is, so the Australian market's uh, an interesting market. I think for your listeners, and this is just a bit of basic economics, but I'll, I'll bore them with it for a second. Australia is the 12th largest economy in the world. Um, so it's smaller than California, right? You know, California is the seventh largest. Uh, but we have, uh, we're about to be the third largest um, savings market in the world. And so, you know, we have three of the world's 20 biggest banks in Australia. So our financial uh, institutions and our savings market, which is, so your 401k, we call it superannuation here, is some of the largest in the world. And so that means that our stock exchange punches well above its weight. So it's actually the eighth largest stock exchange in the world. And it has been dominated by mining and resources. You know, we have the world's largest mining company on that exchange. You know, it's dual listed, etc. But, you know, so like, and 
there is a understanding within the economy here that Australia won't be able to rely on pulling stuff out of the ground forever. Now, so we saw a downturn in resources. We're actually seeing an uptick in resources again right now. But it's meant a number of Australian technology companies have gone public on the ASX. And they're achieving, you know, very, you know, global standard um, uh, pricing for those offerings. So you have these highly competent CEOs that have built their firms up largely by perseverance and vision, and most often they will ultimately decide when it's time to induct a finance leader. People are self-managing. They don't need to be managed. You, if they know what, if, if once they know what to do, they'll go figure out how to do it. And they don't need to be managed at all. What they need is a common vision, and that's what leadership is. What leadership is is having a vision, being able to articulate that so the people around you can understand it, and getting a consensus on a common vision. We wanted people that were insanely great at what they did, but we're we're not necessarily those seasoned professionals. Then there came a day when you get a phone call. Is that is that as simple as it begins? I mean, it when? is. It is as simple as that. And I, I'm sitting in my office, and my phone rings, and I just picked it up, and I hear on the other end of the line, "Hi, this is Steve Jobs. I saw your picture in a magazine a couple of years ago. I thought we'd work together someday, and I have a company that I'd like to tell you about." Someday. Jerry Hum or Patrick Llewellyn will pick up the phone and place the same call that Lawrence Levy one day received from Steve Jobs. Levy accepted Jobs' offer and became the CFO of Pixar. Now, Pixar was already 10 years old, but its business model was still unproven in many ways. Completely, and I and I think you know that very much is the case with sort of startup companies. And you know, I, I sometimes say it takes a certain amount of naivete to go into a startup, and I probably went into Pixar with a healthy dose of that. Um, I went in there, you know, I went through the sort of interview process. I. You know, I wasn't sure going in what their business strategy was or could be. Uh, you know, they were making software, render-man software. They were making animated short films. They were doing commercials. They had this contract with Disney um, for the for the making of Toy Story. They had a bunch of different things going on. And in my mind, I sort of thought, you know, between all those things, maybe it would be possible to, you know, build a robust business with some of those uh, some of those things offsetting the risks of some of the other things. Uh, and so I went in there on that notion. That notion was completely wrong, but at least it's what I was, I was thinking at the beginning. Thought Leader listeners will have more of our episode, The Missing CFO, after these words from our sponsor.
You want smart, clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. What they need is a common vision, and that's what leadership is. What leadership is is having a vision, being able to articulate that so the people around you can understand it, The real uh, driver for growth for us is actually user retention. So I think a lot of companies, especially ones in Silicon Valley and, and, and ones that are uh, uh, heavily venture funded, they tend to chase growth uh, by pouring money to user acquisition, right? And that definitely can grow the top line, but it's also very hard to sustain if your users uh, are not very, if, if you don't retain your users very well, right? Because you're just constantly having to up your marketing spend proportional to whatever revenue you're doing. That, you know, we don't have near-term desire to do it. You know, we feel like there's a lot for us to figure out still um, as a private company. Um, but, you know, that process takes time to prepare for it properly. You know, it's a, it's a couple of years. And so um, we're just, you know, that's one of those options. And that's partly why we don't have a CFO today. And I think you know maybe Steve had some notion that uh, you know he you know he was drawn to you know someone that both had sort of financial and legal discipline, but at the same time would sort of think out of the box, would would go in sort of with an open mind and you know creatively be able to sort of sift through the strategic options, and so and you know that did turn out to be very much you know what you know what happened. There was a huge amount of effort on the on the strategic side, on the cultural side, on, on the sort of um, qualitative side of imagining what it was Pixar could be. And that was married with, um, and the sort of background as well, the quantitative support for, for those discussions. And so perhaps he saw the, the, the possibilities of all of that when we, as we started to get to know each other. It's Jack Sweeney with a quick note that CFO Thought Leader now has a quarterly print magazine. That's right, print. Each issue will profile 25 different CFOs. Let me repeat that, 25 CFOs. Other uh, print publications are lucky if they're able to bring you five CFOs per issue. What we understand is that you want to consume content in multiple ways. But wait a minute, there's something more here. We wanted this print magazine to be a podcast companion. So when you receive it, we want you to quickly thumb through it and maybe identify which episodes you have missed. We want you to dog ear those pages, as well as uh, perhaps the pages that feature CFOs 
from episodes you already listened to but found maybe a little extra value from. 12 months later, you will have a library of 100 CFO profiles highlighted with your insights or comments alongside the CFO thought leaders. Now, how much are we charging for this one-of-a-kind 100 CFO profile library? Annual subscriptions are $119. We think that's reasonable. We thought about it a little bit, but that's that's what we came up with. Uh, visit us and subscribe to CFO Thought Leader magazine at cfothoughtleader.com, where the future of finance is listening. Thank you.